Welcome this morning. Welcome to worship here in Creef. It's great to see you and to welcome those who are joining us at home, uh, viewing online. This morning we have the great joy of being able to sing along with the hymns here in the church building. Um, but when we sing, we have to wear a mask. But we can still stand and sing, so that's great. Looking forward to joining you in that this morning. I read this week of the American evangelist, uh, Dr. Billy Graham, who once described his struggle to accept the Bible as completely true. And one night he was out, he was at a retreat center and he was out walking in the evening, the, 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 the moonlight was shining down, and he dropped down to his knees, he said, and placed his Bible on a tree stump. Oh God, he prayed, there are so many things in this book I do not understand. And having made that confession, he says he then felt the Holy Spirit freeing him to accept by faith the Bible as God's word. He still had questions. There were still things he didn't fully understand, but he knew that a spiritual battle had been won, fought and won. It's through the wisdom of God's word, the Bible, the scriptures, that we can shape our lives despite our daily struggles. And last Sunday, if you were with us, you'll know that we began looking at the New Testament letters. We began in the, Paul's letter to the Galatians. Today our focus is going to be on the letters to the Thessalonians in which the Apostle Paul shows how despite all sorts of things that would mitigate against it, evangelism, sharing the good news, is best done through the local church. With that in mind, let me remind you and remind those at home about our holiday club, uh, the Jungle Adventure, which takes place from the 5th to the 9th of July, just across the road in the grounds of the, the, the St. Michael's building. That's from 10 until 12 noon, and it's for primary 4, 5, 6, and 7 children. Those who are in primary 4, 5, 6, and 7 at the moment, already some uh, young folks have been registered, and we've got space for 22. So if you're at home or here and you know youngsters who want to register for that, get them to, or get their parents rather, to get their booking in uh, in good time so that we can guarantee them a place at the Holiday Club. Uh, we're looking forward to it and the plans are uh, well in motion now for that and uh, I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. But really every one of us has a part to play, evangelism through the local church. We have that part to play every day, living out the gospel, inviting other folks to see the difference that Jesus can make to our lives and Jesus can make to their lives, the difference that comes knowing Jesus. So we give thanks for, to God for that. And we now offer God our worship in song. We can stand, keep our masks on and sing Amazing Grace.
We have for more than a year now used these uh, recorded songs to facilitate our, our worship of God, and we're surrounded by technology. Uh, here in the St. Andrew's building, we've got the loudspeakers, the projector, we've got all the video gear, the sound uh, desk upstairs, just to get the services out to folks. And technology plays an increasingly important role in many aspects of our lives. Who would have thought that uh, a year ago, how much we would be depending on things like Zoom and Teams and Google Connections and other similar platforms in order to conduct worship services, to hold church meetings, to, to go to work, to talk to our family and friends? How many hours have we spent in front of a screen or talking to a camera or singing along to worship songs on videos. Now, of course, technology brings many benefits. Most of us regularly take some kind of medication, and that's been put together through technology. Many of us will walk around carrying in our daily lives uh, replacement parts of our body, maybe a new hip or a knee, something like that. Rapid advances in technology also present us with novel dilemmas. The extent to which we should allow the genetic engineering of plants, animals, or even human beings. For more than 50 years, since it was established in 1970, the Church of Scotland's Society, Religion and Technology Project, the SRT Project, has sought to help the church to engage with these ethical issues in science and technology. And if you read Life and Work, you maybe remember that throughout last year there was a series of articles from the SRT Project marking their 50th anniversary. You can find out more uh, about the work of the SRT Project on their websites. Now, I was going to link to that this morning, do a live link, but when I tried it earlier on, ironically, their website security certificate has been revoked, and uh, it won't load safely on my, on my laptop, so we can't do that this morning. Hopefully, that will be sorted out soon. But that's a good use of technology as well, preventing bad stuff getting into, into our laptops and our computers and our homes. An important aspect of the work of the SRT project is encouraging the church to remember their work in prayer, primarily through a special annual week of prayer, which this year takes place this week, but also as we're about to do in our prayers this morning. So let us pray and let us approach God. God of all majesty, you have given us a wonderful world and have also given us the ability to explore and to understand it. We praise you for the majesty and for the beauty of creation and for all the opportunities which we have to enjoy and to appreciate all that you give us. As stewards of creation, we have the responsibility to care for the world you have given. We can manipulate our environment for good or for ill, to the benefit or the detriment of our fellow creatures. And we acknowledge the, afresh the huge impact that we humans as a species have made 
the huge impact on our planet. And we repent of the ways in which this has often been contrary to your will. We pray that you will give guidance and discernment to all who seek to discern between helpful and harmful applications of human advances and innovations. We pray for the aspects of technologies on society, on how we interact, on how we view ourselves, other people, or the world around us, even how we view you, our Creator. We give thanks for the opportunities which the Society, Religion, and Technology Project has to explore these issues that technology raises. We pray for wisdom as we reflect on how these technologies might be used. As Christ called his followers to be salt and light, to have an impact on the communities in which we live, we pray that as we seek to witness for God in the world, we will always do so in a loving and gentle way, remembering that we need to be faithful to our calling to be salt and light. Loving Lord, as we, as a church, as society, a nation, as a world, seek to wrestle with significant issues, we pray for wisdom, discernment, and compassion for all. These things we pray in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus, who taught his friends to pray together, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I remember a number of years ago uh, when I was in my first charge in the east end of Glasgow, I was asked to officiate at the wedding of the granddaughter of two of our church members, and I was pleased to do that. Now, the girl and her parents didn't live locally, and so I had to jump in the car and travel up to the edge of Milgai to meet with them to talk about the wedding arrangements. And if I remember correctly, they'd laid on afternoon tea or something like that for us. They had a very large, fine uh, house up near Milgai, quite different from the four-in-a-block council uh, flats and uh, the tenement buildings that folks in my parish lived in. Very different to the home of the girl's grandparents. And I discovered in making the arrangements for the wedding, they were planning quite a lavish wedding in Glasgow with a reception down in Ayrshire in Alloway. When we arrived at the reception venue before the evening meal, there were drinks served in the grounds of the hotel, and part of the grounds of the hotel held the footings of the famous Brigodoon, the setting for Robert Burns' epic poem, Tam O'Shanter. 
It was a nice afternoon, a nice evening. But what I particularly remember was that during the reception, there were various speeches, and during his speech, the father of the bride turned to me and, and, and commented, thanking me for the service earlier on, but his words are etched in my memory. He said, your message during the, the wedding, you, you said it as if you almost believed it. <laughs> I was taken aback. <laughs> Why else would I have said what I said if I didn't believe it? I kind of understood what he meant, but uh, how he said it was a bit strange. You see, I'd spoken to the couple and to those family and friends who were gathered with them about the gift of love, which comes from God, for God is a relation of love. And we see that love supremely in the person of Jesus and experience that love today through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The words of the hymn, Amazing Grace, which we've just sung are a response to that gift of love and grace and goodness of God. And I'd spoken to this couple about the difference that having Jesus in your marriage relationship can make. By coming to church that day, I hoped that the bride and the groom wanted not just the trappings of the building or the dress or the kilts or the music and the party afterwards, but the relationship that's made possible through the love of God. Now, you don't need to be a minister leading a wedding to communicate something of the gospel to other people. For all of us who are part of the church have that responsibility and that joy, really. Evangelism is the task of the local church. That's the command of the Lord Jesus. That's the commission he gave the apostles and through them which he gives to us today. So today we're going to be reading from the letters of Paul to the Thessalonians. And there we see Paul firmly believing that evangelism, sharing the good news of Jesus, is to be done through the local church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell you, they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. 
and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know, we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe for you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews, who killed the Lord Jesus and prophets and also drove us out. They displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly, I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or our crown, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy stop there. And may God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Let's get our masks on and let's sing another of these great hymns. Uh, Paul talked about the love of God in Jesus Christ and we now sing Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. <laughs>
Suddenly 
So we plan to gather again next Sunday at 11, and a reminder to those watching, if you'd like to come and join us here, uh, you do so by booking your seat, creefparishchurch.org forward slash booking on the website or phone the man's, and we'll make sure that you have a, a seat next Sunday at 11. Until then, um, may the blessing of God, the ever-present Father, the ever-living Son, the ever-active Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you now and always. Amen.